You're listening to the Incomparables Total Party Kill podcast, in which a group of friends play Dungeons and Dragons on the internet for your amusement. This is episode number 430, recorded April 2022, posted January 2024. A new year, a new candlekeep mystery. Bats are the answer. Welcome back to Total Party Kill. It's me, Tony Sindelar, a dungeon master. He, him. Today, we're doing something very special, something we only do every four or five episodes. We are starting a new adventure. That's right, new adventure day on Total Party Kill. Today, we are starting the adventure Candlekeep, a Candlekeep Mysteries, colon, a deep and creeping darkness, a, an adventure for fourth level characters, written by Sarah Madsen. Developed and edited by Michelle Carter. I've decided I start reading the names of people who write adventures now here at these four or five adventures into Candlekeep. Because that's the kind of consistency <laughs> I offer. Uh, allow me to introduce our players, uh, all returning players, uh, but some characters that will be new uh, to the Candlekeep setting. I'll introduce the players, they will introduce their characters, and then we'll, uh, we'll get started with things. First up, uh, one of our favorites here. That's right, everybody. You might not also be a favorite. It's unclear. Tiff Arment. Hi, Tiff. <laughs> Hi, Tiff Arment. She, her, playing Pauly Quartz, the rock gnome druid. I basically live here now. So this is my home among yeah, the books. Yeah, this is Polly's what, fourth something? Many, many of, of an Who adventure can count? in Candlekeep. So... Uh, also joining us, I think a new arrival in Candlekeep, it's Jason Snell. Hello, I am playing Nis, and she is a lizard folk sorcerer, who you may remember from such campaigns <laughs> as uh, of, uh, the White Sparrow <laughs> Adventures, where she popped mm-hmm. in at the end. Um, and most notably, she is also part of the street team slash recruiting force for the Lizard Folk School of Sorcery that she's trying to start, mm-hmm. or she has started, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so she, you know, not not she knows lizard folk not common out in the world. But you know what? If they're gonna make this higher education thing work, you you can't just get the in-state tuition. I mean, in no, village, I, in village yeah, tuition, in, village. in bog, <laughs> in bog tuition is not enough. Mm-hmm. You got to recruit from the outside. They got some people from sure. White Sparrow now. The word is spreading. That's uh that's kind of her mission is is to be a good sorcerer, but also to teach other people mm-hmm. uh, sorcery stuff and support and her it- people. I could imagine if one was starting a new, uh, as yet unaccredited sorcery school in a swamp, it might be important for your academic mission to establish relationships with uh, a library, right? That seems like possibly a thing that you would want to do. I don't know. I don't know how accreditation works. Yeah, two, yeah, two, co- two comments to that. The second one, yes, I think you're probably right. And the first one, I don't know if you understand how sorcery school accreditation works, but <laughs> I, that's okay. I don't. We're going to find out together. Uh, next up, it's Kathy Campbell. Welcome back, Kathy. Hi, Tony. Thanks for letting me come back and play, especially with Hermione, a uh, centaur fighter uh, who is here hanging out with her friend, Paulie. They're best buds now. Uh, we've done all sorts of uh, interesting things in the past. And um, I think, do we have Cuddles, the rug, with us still? No, Cuddles uh, went off. She's in a bag of holding. That's yeah, right. I think Furtada right. is in charge of Cuddles, the rug. Um, right. So just it makes sense. Yeah, Dan. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan, do you remember when we played oh, yeah. Candlekeep Mysteries yep. and you, your character what happened got to that rug? murdered yes, my by a rug? Yes, my character was murdered by that rug. <laughs> 
different di- played out differently on the podcast. They made friends with that rug, and it lives in a bag of holding that they carry around. Yeah, my friends yeah. decided we can just let this rug eat one of our party members. It'll be fine. And they just they just paid the cost to resurrect him. They were just yep. like. Eh. Uh, so speaking of Dan, hey. uh, next up, he's uh, he's here all the time on Total Party Kill, but he is new to this iteration of Candlekeep. Uh, welcome back, Dan Morin. Why won't you just let me die? <laughs> uh, hi, I'm back. It's me. Uh, I am playing uh, another character from the Whitesboro Adventures, Cuerus the Bard. Not seen in quite some time, but um, you know him, you love him, and he's back. And he now, is a he him, as am I. A question that I could have looked up the answer to if it had occurred sure. to me before just this moment. Yep. Uh, Q. Harris and uh, Nis, uh, Jason character, uh, both existed in the Greater White yes. Sparrow world. Uh, did they ever they cross never paths? Adv- I don't believe they ever adventured together, but okay. one might assume they may have crossed paths in the tavern or it, something. I will say that it's right. up to you whether you, yeah. you know, what the up to the two of you to negotiate from, oh, well, strange, we're from the same place, but we've never met, I, to, you know, whatever. I think canonically from the animated introduction to the White Sparrow Adventures, they were oh. both present at the big bard concert that sure. occurred oh, that's right when they yeah. all kind of jumped up and all down right. and vibrated in a very highly animated way <laughs> no expense was spared on those uh those tweens it took me um, it took me moments to tween all those <laughs> <laughs> so you can decide whether they're simply people that happen to have been at a concert together up until i i don't know you could be married for all i care um <laughs> And last uh, but not least, uh, playing a brand new character to Total Party Kill, uh, welcome uh, one of my favorite Tuesday night uh, folks, it's Micah Sargent. Hello, Tony. I am Micah Sargent, he, him, and I am playing a new character, Ajguri Lone Walker Mako Tatahani. Um, he will be known as Lone Walker to most of you, uh, a Goliath Paladin who is a cultural emissary um, and is very excited about sort of stepping out into the world and telling people about Goliaths. Excellent. So our adventure is going to start today uh, on the road leading up to Candlekeep. It's a Thursday. Uh, the path up to Candlekeep is the way of the lion. So uh, Lone Walker, Qaris, and Nis, uh, you are among a kind of uh, decent-sized, you know, crowd loosely forming into a line uh, approaching uh, Candlekeep on this mid-Wednesday uh, morning. Candlekeep, the uh, <laughs> your destination, famous up and down the Sword Coast uh, as you know, the greatest library in the land. It's basically kind of multiple libraries uh, together. It is a library slash walled city all in one. Uh, and it is a place that many adventures uh, come along with a good number of scholars and uh, those uh, studying uh, all manner of things, bards, whatnot. You know, so there's kind of a strange uh, path of people headed up to the gates of Candlekeep on this Thursday morning. Um, you know, probably a mix of adventurers here to seek knowledge, scholars doing research projects, uh, people set on various, like, fetch quests to, like, you need go get the, a copy of this book and bring it back to me. Uh, and each of you may perhaps be here for your own uh, various wants and needs. Uh, there is a line uh, that is moving relatively uh, swiftly uh, up to, uh, with people waiting to get into uh, Candlekeep. And Candlekeep is... It's basically like a castle, huge walled city, big battlements, uh, fortifications, uh, 
any of you trained in the arcane arts would be aware that there's kind of powerful uh, anti-magic uh, things at work and you would might see some kind of the silhouettes of figures up on the battlements uh, making sure that nobody is kind of like sneaking into Candlekeep or using magic against Candlekeep. Uh, some of you might know or might be encountering for the first time, uh, Candlekeep Library is staffed by an order of, they're kind of like, they're librarians, but they're kind of monk-like librarian nerds uh, called the Avowed. So librarians uh, then. Librarians, yeah. <laughs> but but old, but fantasy librarians, Jason. <laughs> um, and they wear purple robes uh, and they, you know, they basically have taken a, a vow of serving, you know, knowledge in some, some fashion. And there's obviously lots of different roles uh, within the library and you have lots of kind of junior level, intern level avowed all the way up to the uh, most senior avowed uh, who are known as like head readers. Um, and so uh, you line up and uh, perhaps uh, QRS and NIS uh, recognize each other. Uh, Lone Walker, I don't think you would know. Uh, you might yeah. have seen them on the on the road, right? You you know, at least not necessarily traveling with, but traveling in vicinity too. And all of mm -hmm. you hopefully would have been uh, warned ahead of time that the price of admission into Candlekeep Library is the donation of one book, a book that they do not already have. Uh, in their collection. So as you make your way up to the uh, uh, the, the front of the line, um, waiting waiting your turn, there is a uh, kind of diminutive uh, gnome member of the avowed uh, standing at a desk, and he's got behind him uh, kind of wheeled crates heaped with books that he seems to be sorting uh, various donations uh, in, uh, into, and he uh, he he waves you forward uh, TSA style, uh, and we'll say that Lone Walker, you're you're next in line. All right. Um, Lone Walker approaches and waits to see um, what, what they say. Uh, yes. Name? Hello. I am Ajguri Lone Walker Mako Tatahani, but you may call me Lone Walker. Uh, I will take the full name, please. And he, he, the gnome writes it in very delicate handwriting in a, in a ledger. And uh, reason for visit? I am here to explore Candlekeep. And to tell folks of my people. Very good, very good. And your donation? I have this book here. It recounts the history of the Goliaths for the last 200 years. Uh, the little gnome uh, librarian takes the book. How how big and heavy is this book compared to uh, a gnome? So I just imagine. I don't know. Like, it is gnome-sized, <laughs> Tony. Okay. Yeah, I just figure a book on Goliath might be a, a, a weighty subject. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I oh, resent nice. that. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a huge book because uh, so uh, Lone Walker is uh, seven and a half feet tall, mm -hmm. has gigantic hands, and of course uh, Goliaths are just big in general. So yeah, this is a huge book because they're used to having they, they have a lot more space to write things on. So the book is not um, it, there aren't as many pages because the pages are mm -hmm. so much bigger. But in terms of the size, you know, we're not working mm -hmm. with legal or mm. letter size. It's it's a I, yeah. I think it would be a gnome size, size book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the the gnome <laughs> the size uh, of a gnome. <laughs> Yeah, the gnome rings a little bell on the side of his desk, uh, and a uh, uh, somewhat burly, not not nearly as big uh, as as you, Lone Walker, but a burly looking uh, looks like probably a half orc uh, in purple robes uh, lumbers over and uh, basically just <laughs> takes the book and the uh, the the gnome points uh, to one of the uh, carts uh, to load the book in, uh, and you are waved in to Candlekeep. 
Lone Walker just gives a small smirk as he walks inside. Okay. Uh, you enter the court of air, the big courtyard of Candlekeep. There's lots of people coming and going. Uh, there's people kind of giving out directions to the newcomers. Uh, it's it's clear that, for example, some people are headed uh, over to um, the hearth and the house of rest, uh, either for food, to secure food or lodgings. Some people are heading right into their studies uh, over in the pillars of pedagogy. It seems like if research was your main interest, you would probably be assigned basically an adjutant, which is like somebody who will be your little research assistant and fetch you books. Uh, but next, back at the front of the line, I see uh, Qwaris, the bard, uh, the gnome waves you forward um, and uh, asks your name. No doubt, I can tell you're already odd to be in my presence, uh, but yes, let me... You surely know me, known up and down the Sword Coast, the Bard Q. Weris. Yes, yes, it's me. Uh, uh, the gnome kind of adjusts his little <laughs> spectacles. They're very little because his face is <laughs> small already. They're tiny little spectacles. They're like the like bottle cap size. And he says, ah, I don't get out much. Ah, <laughs> uh, shame, a shame. Well, I can assure you that you will not forget my name, uh, after this meeting. Uh, and what was it again? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Q-Eris. With a Q. With, uh, yes, of course, with a Q. How else would one spell it? He, he, he writes it in fine little print. And reason for a visit? Ah, uh, I'm here to see what Candlekeep has to offer, to share my knowledge. I am, a, a as I said, a legendary bard, uh, and I thought perhaps I could entertain and inform some of the patrons of your fine establishment while learning some more, re- doing some research for some additional uh, compositions. And Candlekeep is notable as basically like a place that people come to share stories. Uh, it, as far as places that bards meet, might meet up, uh, the hearth in the Candlekeep is, is probably one of, you know, certainly outside of a major city, a place where bards would cross paths and tell stories and learn stories from each other and from adventures and, you know, scholars. It is a rather unique place in that there's not a lot of the, uh, you know, there's not a lot of the common people here. Uh, I didn't mean that to sound as classist as it did, but it, <laughs> there we go. It is um, what it is. Yeah. Uh, and so the gnome says, uh, and your donation? Ah, yes. Well, of course, as a bard, I am used to uh, writing down epic songs and tales, and I have composed one such thing for this eventuality. Uh, it is uh, bounded into a book as well, but it perhaps is best experienced in song. <clears throat> he takes out a uh, it's just, just we, uh, <laughs> It goes a little bit like this. Everybody, in the town there, of White Sparrow, there is a the, giant hand, you know. <gasps> Cannon! There, you know, there, is, <laughs> there is the sound of the roughly 40 people in line behind you. <laughs> just like all of them, kind of their shoulders <laughs> tensing. <laughs> Well, I will spare you the entirety. Of course, I have collected it, my entire chronicle mm-hmm. of the adventures that have been had by many of my friends in the town of White Sparrow, uh, and I cannot wait to add it to the Candlekeep Library so that all may know of their heroic ah, exploits. Self-published. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, kind of, he, he kind of tosses I'm the book. looking for a publishing deal. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of tosses the book over his shoulder into a large crate. That might be marked with to pulp on the side. It's unclear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> At a library? Hey, th- you got to make new paper out of something, you know. Um, not all but librarians will tell you, uh, uh, Dan, not all knowledge is sacred. Yeah, um, don't you know anything Q-er- about librarians? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. As mm. QR is, is entering, he says, you'll particularly enjoy the chapter on the cult of dust. <laughs> okay. On dust? 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 
Dust, ducks, <laughs> ducks. QRs, you are into the court of air. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if you were next in line or just a little ways uh, back in line, uh, but we are up to Nis. Uh, the uh, I almost wanted to call you Dragonborn. That would be offensive. Uh, the lizard folk <laughs> sorcerer. Sorcerer? Am I getting that right? Yes. I'm really bad in D&D and conflating all of the magic users. Yeah, she is a sorcerer. Their sources of uh, magical influences are very different and mm-hmm. unique and special. Uh, Nis, the lizard folk sorcerer, you are at the front of the line. Uh, the uh, the gnome waves you forward. Uh, name? Nis. Is that with uh, two S's or three? It does sound like there are many S's, but there are only the two. And also, don't forget the apostrophe after of course, the N. Of course. We are all about accuracy here at Candlekeep, and he writes down your Excellent. name. Excellent. Fine little uh, handwriting. Uh, and reason for visit? I am the. Uh, I am one of the uh, leaders of a school of sorcery. And I am here for research to learn more sorcery techniques beyond my home in the bog. Excellent, excellent. And your donation? I have two books here. I do not know which one you would prefer. One is an early edition of the textbook I have written involving all sorcery knowledge based on bog-related sorcery, which is, of course, the sorcery of my people. Uh, separately, my brother Biz has insisted that I offer you this, and she takes out a book that is, uh, it is professionally printed and dog-eared, and it says professionally what? dog-eared. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's more lizard dog, lizard actual eared. dog, yeah. and, and and it's and she rolls her eyes and 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 shows it to him, and it literally is one hundred and one hilarious bog jokes. <laughs> <laughs> She says, wow. He does not take uh, my work seriously. I do not know which book you would prefer in your keeping, but either is f- fine with me. Uh, the gnome looks, uh, wow, a, a choice. This is uh, so generous, very uncommon. Uh, the gnome is really looking back and forth between both of them, and it seems uh, fascinated First by the idea. Let, let, let um, me, I would be honored to have my book of knowledge part of your collection. And let me just ask question this. Uh, which one looks like it has better production values? Um, well, this is going to be an early edition before she had it published. Mm. Uh, so, so the hundred one uh, bog jokes is actually professionally published and looks it's less. Like, yeah, yeah, like it has an ISBN or whatever that would be. <laughs> a D- yeah. Uh, yeah. international a standard D&D bog number. ISBN. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it, I, clearly you're still working on that one, and I wouldn't want to interrupt your workflow. And just kind of takes the uh, the bog one and puts it in a in a uh, it, look, it looks like in one of the good piles of books. And uh, curtly hands your your uh, your. I want to say he t- takes takes the bog back. joke book and has it like under the desk and is just like reading it every once in a while. And like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I, and you know, I, perhaps uh, somewhat apologetically, the little unnamed gnome says, uh, "It just, you know, the humor section of Candlekeep is one of our deficiencies that we're really looking to beef up." <laughs> I I fear to tell you that lizard folk humor is very specific and not particularly humorous, but I hope it comes of some use. We we have all kinds of scholars and travelers here. I'm sure somebody will find value in it. Anything uh, is you. possible. And please enjoy your time in, in Candlekeep. It's so good to have another uh, scholar here amongst us. Uh, we can assign you a variety of research assistance if you need. Uh, and of course, uh, study space is available for anyone in the pillars of pedagogy. Thank you. And you are waved in uh, to 
uh, Candlekeep passing through the gates uh, and into the Court of Air. So Lone Walker, Qeris, and Nis, as you're kind of finding your way around, um, you know, the inner kind of areas of Candlekeep, which you can see from this courtyard, there's like basically an inner castle wall and huge spires rising up beyond that. And you kind of are able to piece together that that is kind of where the main stacks of the library are um, and where the kind of the avowed... Uh, uh, operate their their do their work as visitors to Candlekeep. You are pretty much uh, restricted to the um, the eastern side of the compound. Uh, you would probably get a uh, uh, quarters in the House of Rest. Uh, you might take your meals in the hearth. Uh, you could either there's reading rooms or you could get a private study space in the Pillars of Pedagogy on the north side of the Court of Air. Uh, but basically, the idea is that in general, you would request books from the avowed they would go into the libraries and return with them uh, there is a house of binding where you could have copies made of any books if you wanted to take stuff with you cool. um the uh you know the the kind of city elements of Candlekeep. there's a there's a granary there's a blacksmith there's a stables there's a sh little shop that sells adventuring gear there's even a bathhouse um but this is the uh the general lay of the land for you uh players and characters new to Candlekeep. Well, Qeris will make a beeline for the, the tavern. Hearth. All right. Um, and, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Thirsty after my journey. I Lone was Walker. just going to say that's not where Lone Walker would go. Um, is that a problem? <laughs> sort no. of me metagaming for a second? Cause Follow your Lone, heart, Micah. Uh, Lone Walker would want to go uh, immediately. Not to sit. Uh, you, you mentioned like a solid a place where you could sit in solitude and have mm -hmm. books, but in sort of the main area and uh, is requesting... Uh, books that they have on Goliaths just to mm -hmm. see what uh, culturally they have. Uh, just asking Lone Walker, kind of, not that these these are not deep, important questions, but just, you know, building out your character, you would basically have the option to, they would just have these kind of, imagine your, uh, if you look at Dan's virtual background, I believe that is the Boston Public <laughs> Library reading room, which is a very impressive uh, space if you ever have the chance to visit it. Um, uh, but, you know, they're just these immense high ceilinged rooms full of little long tables with little lamps on them and people, you know, grab a corner there and sit and read. You have the option to kind of do that at like no cost or uh, potentially reserve a private uh, little study nook um, with a door and, and, and whatnot and that you could keep books in. So sounds like you're going to go off somewhere to, to a quiet study. I'm just kind of curious, which is, which of those would uh, uh, appeal to uh, Lone Walker slash be within your financial means. Um, so either would be in, be within their financial means or within his financial means, but Lone Walker wants to sit in the main place, just sort of, uh, take a okay. seat at one of those tables and yeah. be able to, sort now of there are everybody. many of those. There's, if you look at the pillars of pedagogy, there are these like little flat cylindrical little towers. And I imagine basically like the main floor of each of these little, uh, towers has a big reading room and there are dozens of creatures coming and going adventurers bards scholars uh as well as lots of the avowed uh as recognized by their uh iconic purple robes uh though the avowed are all manner of creatures humans dwarves gnomes dragonborns elves half elves and many other creatures as well um so uh lone walker finds somewhere uh quiet uh to sit and study for a few hours uh nis qrs you head to the hearth uh probably make some arrangements uh, to have a place to sleep if you choose to stay in um, uh, in, Candle in Candlekeep for uh, a few days um, and whatnot. 
Uh, we're going to the basement. Nis, Nis also has a has the manuscript of her new Haunted. edition of her book that mm. she's going to get copies. So she goes to the house of the binder to see if uh, uh, she can get some copies made of her yes uh, of her work. So, so they will take any text. Off. They will take any text. Uh, they are their main business is people who need a copy of a book from Candlekeep, so they can take outside of Candlekeep. There are very strict rules in Candlekeep about the uh, treatment of books, as you could imagine. Uh, but they are also happy to offer basically uh, copy editing, typesetting, yep. and other things that Glenn could name services. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to Glenn, your... the avowed who works at the House of Editing. Yeah. yeah, it's just uh, it's just not publishing. There's actually yeah. a gnome who stands on the top of a desk. When I say Glenn. I mean Glenn the gnome who Gl- runs the House of Binding. Clearly, Glenn, Glenn, Glendor. Yeah, Glendor Fishman. Uh, man. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Not not a fishman, weirdly not enough. Fishman. But no, he's a gnome. It's just a, there may be a, some fishman in family his ancestry. Name. It's a family a family name. Apparently, a thing you could say after any preposterous name to end questions about it. This is true. All right. Uh, so uh, we're gonna jump forward in time a little bit. Uh, QRSness. Uh, Lone Walker, you have been at Candlekeep uh, for, uh, you know, we'll say a couple days uh, doing doing whatever it is is the kind of thing that you might be doing, uh, given you all have various different uh, research interests and things that brought you here. Uh, it is uh, a different day of the week than what I said before. Continuity. <laughs> Saturday? You said Thursday. You said Thursday. Sure, whatever. No, um, you said Thursday before. So yeah. it's now Saturday, right? Yeah, excellent. Um uh, and uh, Polly Walnuts. Nope, sorry, that's a Sopranos character. Polly Quartz. <laughs> Polly Quartz, rock gnome, uh, experienced candlekeep adventure. Uh, you are in the hearth, and you are uh, uh, basically wrapping up uh, a business meeting that you had uh, uh, been requested uh, to to meet at. Uh, you are meeting with uh, Urkel uh, Ur- Urkel Hard Hard Delver of the. Mm, did you say Urkel? I I did not say that. Except did you I do that? Did. It's Urkel now. Wow. The of wow. the Runeforge Mining Guild, uh, he's a you know a somewhat impressive uh, garb uh, dwarf. He's he's got a lot more finery to his uh, his his uh, appearance. Lots of uh, kind of shiny little jewels inlaid on pretty much everything you could imagine. Uh, and he's a representative of the uh, Runeforge Mining Guild. Uh, and as he's been explaining in the meeting, well, you know, I think that about covers it up. But just to just to recap, our guild inherited mining rights for Vermelon. Verme- uh, we need somebody to go in there, scout it out, write us up a report, let us know that uh, things are good and we can move in and, and resume operations there. And of course, we've already negotiated the various uh, generous uh, a- a- amount of 1,000 gold pieces for you and whatever adventures you bring with you. 1,000 gold pieces total to scout the mine and town. Any questions? So, uh, yeah, after uh, we get the scouting done in this mine, mm-hmm. what do uh, what do we do with this information? Just kind of bring it back to you. Yeah, bring it. Uh, I'll be. I'll, I or one of my representatives will be waiting here to. Uh, if there's that any like, if, uh, you should return. if there's any sick wait, loot wait, wait. in there, can there. we like have <laughs> a little you know <laughs> pocket pocket the sick loot? I don't, I, I don't, you are I'm yeah. Uh, any anything you find is salvage rights is yours. Okay, uh, ter- that's like a nice of, bonus. Town of Vermelon, Vermelon, totally abandoned, uh, at least according to the latest reports, and has been so for many years. Uh, we just want to know that it's safe to to go in, and uh, you're our advanced scout. 
All right. I just uh, I just want to make sure that there's like perks. You know, I, I love the perks. Yeah, take, the take what you can. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. So I'll just gather a team. I'll tell them you're I paying. I definitely would not recommend going alone, given the oh. rumors about the curse. And you said that's a thousand books? One thousand gold pieces. Uh, can I get half of that up front? No. Uh, can I get a third of that up front? <laughs> uh, Urkel, uh, or Ukril to his friends. Hi, <laughs> Dilbert. Uh, makes a dramatic showing of counting out uh, 200 gold pieces on the uh, the bar of the hearth and sliding them uh, uh, across to you. Thanks. This is uh, this will help. Okay. Um, you got yourself a deal. And uh, you know, my uh, one of the clerks back at the uh, the mining company suggested that you might do some research about the town, uh, seeing as you're at a library and all. But uh, we look forward to hearing about your success. Don't die. Uh, and he claps you on the shoulder. All right. Uh, whew. We got a job. Uh, hey, um, Hermione. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, so I know we just like got out of this basement. We're looking to stretch our legs a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just got myself uh, a little job that we need to do. Um, first, we need to research to figure this out. But basically, we're going to go uh, exploring. Get ourselves uh, out of this library, huh? Sounds great. I love the idea of stretching. You know, I feel like the basement was really, like, uh, compact mm-hmm. and, like, small. And it would be really nice to, you know, spread all four of my legs out and be able to stand up straight and just kind of, like, breathe the air and and really enjoy uh, our time together. So Hopefully uh, with no one trying to kill us. So I I got um the job pays uh five hundred, right? So I think we recruit five people and we all get a hundred, even even, right? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Roll trusting friendship. Um, <laughs> so uh, casting your eyes around uh, the hearth, um, Hermione and Polly, you do see a variety of. Uh, possible adventures. There's always little one, the ogre, sitting in the corner reading a book. Uh, there's a strange uh, lizard folk person who came in a couple days ago. Tony, is it possible that Qeris could have overheard this conversation? <sighs> it's really impossible that you couldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I am very okay. subtle. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm picturing him sidling up to the bar and doing like, normally, you know, you would think of somebody doing like a strum on the guitar as they come up. Unfortunately, he would I, the Would pipe. I think of <laughs> Unfortunately, he plays the bagpipes, so it's whatever it's the equivalent a, of that is. The... He carries he carries a very small guitar just for interrupting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tony, did you say I got I got two hundred gold? You have t- you have been fronted two hundred gold, okay. and I imagine there's probably there's paperwork. This is a legitimate deal from a mining corporation. Uh, you have a you know a, a, a very short brief contract that basically promises uh, eight hundred gold balance due uh, upon. Uh, successful return to Candlekeep with uh, information about both the town of Vermelon and the uh, platinum mine. I'm uh, assuming it's written in Gnomish, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Probably have written in Dwarvish because the, 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 the people running the mining company are dwarves, but you know, you read it. Oh, I thought that you said they were gnomes. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. You're a gnome. I... They're a dwarf. Oh, I can't read dwarf. <laughs> well, you know what? I meant? It's a ve- The contract is twice as long because every line is in Dwarvish and common right below it. Okay. 
That's that's how I've decided old timey contracts in D and D work with dwarves. <laughs> Canon, Great. valid, yeah. Uh, so uh, Hermione and uh, Polly, you are contemplating who you might recruit uh, to help you out on this adventure because you know you you need people with you when you go out into the world. And a uh, strange bard barges into the conversation. That's redundant. Tony. That's redundant, Tony. I know. Just one, an, an extra strange bard barges into <laughs> okay. the conversation. Barded into the conversation. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Uh, ah, excuse me. I couldn't help but overhear, uh, fellow adventurers, that perhaps you might be on the lookout for some seasoned companions uh, on a little job, and I would be happy to offer my services. Uh, I'm sure you know I'm the legendary Cuerus the Bard from the town of White Sparrow. Perhaps you've heard of the town of White Sparrow, and if not, I have a song for you. Trust me. You oh, I love songs. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> Uh, it's like the theme song, but it's played on a bagpipe. Oh, <laughs> nice, Nis, nice. Nis emerges from a shadow and steps forward and said, he will play it later. It takes a while. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You know, we uh, have experience with uh, earworms that, that stick in your head and just, just don't go away. So I do not know of else. these earworms. <laughs> Are they a natural phenomenon? Do they exist in a particular biome? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah, let's uh let's save that song for like, you know, when we're traveling. But right now, um well, well, what choice. can you uh what can you offer the group here? <laughs> well, I am a uh, talent as I mentioned, I am a bard. I bring the uh, many hours of entertainment to you, but also I I've been known to be able to conduct myself in a scrap or two when the need arises. <laughs> How yes, do you it, uh, feel about caves? I've actually, I'm trying to remember. There, wasn't there a White Sparrow adventure where we had to go down into uh-huh. a mine? Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. like I was in that Is one. That, and, it wasn't that, great. That's the one that Glenn got uh, on the back of Family. No, that was the first one, I think. That was just a basement. Yeah, that was just a basement. No, it was the cave that was full of undead and it was not Yes, it was not great. Oh, wait, well, my mistake. I'm talking I, about mines. Mines, caves, you know, they're all kind of sure, similar. Lots I, of rocks. You know, I would not say underground is maybe my, my best element, but I have ventured underneath the uh, the earth for uh, a number of adventures, and I've lived to tell the tale and many other tales. All right. Living is, is a plus. We like we like the living. <laughs> and Nis, Nis, you have uh, a pulse. Nis nods and says, <laughs> al- al- although he comes across as very dramatic as bards do, I can... Uh, I, I am Nis, I am a sorcerer, I, I am from the bog, but I have spent time in White Sparrow, and he is, his accomplishments are spoken of, not entirely only by him. <laughs> so uh, so you're vouching for this guy, huh? Yes, he is legitimate, he is not just a bagpiper, but an, an adventurer, it is true. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we take the bolt of you, and uh, you both come with us, and uh, that way, in case, you know, the other gets in trouble, we have a hostage. Brilliant. Brilliant. Just okay. checking. We just gotta check. Look, I'm a nice guy. I'm 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 cool. I'm chill. We you know, you're new, but we we just gotta make sure. But so don't worry, you guys stick together. Polly, sure. as you're contemplating your two new hires, um <laughs> it, it, it occurs to you that, you know, maybe having a little bit more uh muscle in the group might be uh wouldn't be a bad thing. So, um, uh, yeah, we have uh, Hermione, but it does occur to me that we need more muscle in this group. We, uh, have we you should go seen, find. I, I just saw. Have you seen like anyone outside. really big? 
alone. An, an, an enormous Goliath who, I don't know his background, but if you're looking for muscle, he has it. All right, show me the way. It's out the door. Just, he's right outside. <laughs> oh, like literally him. outside the this door. This sounds look like up, a prank. Look up this outside. Like you will, oh, the stars guy. are, it's too high. A little lower, <laughs> you will see a Goliath. And then everyone else's heads will be below that. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even, you can't even see through the door because he's so big. All right. All right. Yeah. That is not a, another building erected outside of this building. <laughs> that is actually the Goliath you're seeing. One of the mid-sized pillars. to put a building <laughs> directly outside the building. But yes. I mistook him for one of the pillars of pedagogy. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> That is a great wrestling name if you ever need one. <laughs> the Pillar of Pedagogy. <laughs> Micah, how you doing? <laughs> um, Lone Walker is actually uh, just outside, sort of sifting through one of the books that uh, he got yesterday in the library, just kind of taking in the fresh air, kind of looking around every now and then, and then uh, going back to reading uh, just to see. And you can kind of hear him making little mumblings to himself as he's uh, realizing what they do and don't know about uh, Goliath. So yeah, I don't think he's, he's so he's hyper-focused. So he doesn't hear them talking about him being a building. Um, so possibly yeah, for the best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might hurt his feelings. <laughs> hey, uh, Hey, big guy, you want to make a hundred bucks? hundred bucks. Uh, Lone Walker, uh, yeah. looks up from his book and kind of looks your way and is trying to, it's one of those things where you're not sure if they're talking to you. So it's just sort of <laughs> looking to see if anything else is going to happen. Uh, my way's down. I'm down here. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, then he, he does. He looks down. He sees just, you. Just for comparison. What is the, uh, what is the height of Lone Walker approximately? Uh, seven and a half feet tall. And what is the height of Polly? Approximately? Uh, probably like three feet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. So Continue. Lone Walker looks down and says, I'm sorry, 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dear. <laughs> I yeah, don't we... know if I have a place to store that many. Uh, It's, uh, you know, the money. We got a uh, hundred gold. Oh, Gold are, pieces. Are you interested in uh, making some money for a little little jaunt down the street? You know, we're just going to go check out some mining stuff. Uh, any loot you find, you can keep, which is really nice. Um, but uh, we need a group of people. And we need a big guy. So you, ah, you look I am indeed uh, like a, a big, big guy. guy. <laughs> uh, my one question is, do you have any idea how long this might take? I don't want to be gone from these studies for too terribly long. I mean, as long as you don't die, I don't think it's going to be that long. <laughs> Very well. I am not too concerned about dying. And an adventure would be nice. A little break from the books, if you will. <laughs> and he says, I suppose... I'm in. All right. Uh, Paulie looks around the group. Everyone's just kind of like milling around. Everyone meet each other. This is, uh, I don't know anyone's names except for <laughs> Hermione, uh, which you it took me a long name? time to that learn. Would, we'll start with that. What was that? Checking if you know your own name. Oh, yeah. Um. Hey, uh, I'm Paulie. Paulie Quartz of the Rock Gnome Quartzes. And uh, we are going Polly, to... you do have a strange little demonic creature scampering around your feet also. Oh, yeah. Don't mind him. This is little Antony. Uh, he is a quasit. I know quasits are usually pretty nasty little little beasties. 
But this this guy, he's he's with me. I can vouch for him. How was he helpful? Little Andy attaches forward. himself what, to QR's leg. What was his origin? What was his origin? How was he summoned? I'm fascinated by this. Uh, he actually lived here in like um a weird third dimension mansion. There was a whole thing, uh, and he came with us because he was a toad, and I we rescued him. Was he a toad? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, what I think were you? He was a toad. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't really he remember. Uh, I think he's cute. Other people are terrified. <laughs> Fascinating. Fascinating. But he will. He's helpful because he can transform into like bats and all kinds of stuff and like go mm. under doors. It's it's incredible. Uh, so yeah, he's with us. He might be helpful on this adventure. Um, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go check out this um, abandoned mine to make sure it's on the up and up for my friend over there who is gone now. It's been days, I guess, since I saw him. And um, then we're gonna report back. That's basically what we gotta do. Sounds wait easy a mine enough. as in like this small. Okay, I, I, I it's in a town called um I don't know Vermelon. Uh, I'm not sure. I've never been there before, but I think we can do a little research here since we're around all these books. And what I've learned about being around books is that they have information, oh, and uh, we'll get some of that information, and then we'll take it with us to the uh, Vermelon place. Cuerus is uh, immediately seized upon that and starts humming to himself. You can just make out in a town called Vermelon. <laughs> <laughs> there was a mine that fell in. Um, <laughs> Tony is is a closet is a closet a fiend? Uh, if it's not fiend, it's a fiend. He's a fiend tiny a... fiend. Yeah, not to it's... be confused because, with a regular fiend. Uh, it depends on if he's a hall closet or a linen closet. <laughs> 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 Lone Walker is He's holy. a fiend with an R, Micah. A there, friend. I, I am. I am. I am. <laughs> oh my god. I am forgetting about perhaps paladins, paladins and fiends. And fiends? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh, guys, we should have checked the seats. Oh no, wedding. what happened? <laughs> yeah, Lone oh, Walker wears his holy symbol around his neck, and I'm curious if the closet's going to react to that holy symbol. And I mean, I, it probably doesn't want to eat it. <laughs> and the other thing is, um, I, actually, I'd like to. I'm going to do a roll to determine something personally before I sort of okay. throw this into role playing. Okay, oh, yeah. No, little Andy. Um, little Andy a, is a tiny fiend. He is technically a shape-changing demon. He may or may not be chaotic evil. He certainly has been chaotic evil in his life. He's maybe made different choices, though. Right? So, I think with an 18... So I, I rolled for religion just to see um, sort of what Lone Walker might know or not know about... Mm. Little fiends, little fiends. Little fiends. Um, and I think he's keeping it to himself for now, okay. but there may come a time if he trusts Polly enough that he would talk about how uh, fiends strive to turn their masters to evil. Like they, they want to sort of get them to do bad things over yeah, time. Like eat too many meatball subs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been known to do that. Forget about yeah, it. That kind of thing. So yeah, I, I guess for now, just uh, he's he's very skeptical, and also doesn't have a problem sort of pushing out his chest to show that holy symbol even more. Yeah. Whenever, whenever. I feel like little Anthony then like scampers a little bit under my robe. About the tiniest fiend you can get. Um, so so less evil is on the earth because it's so well, small. Just, is what I you're mean, saying. just in terms of like surface area, yeah. <laughs> the surface area of evil is what a paladin is concerned yeah. about. I mean, I think he he's, little Antony is probably like up to your knee, so you know. But well, he better I mean, not come anywhere near my knee, because yeah. Um, so what's next, team? Well, this is happy to do some research into. All right, 
to the stacks. mines, yes. So uh, some of you perhaps more engaged with the research than others. Uh, you find a corner of a reading room. You flag down a librarian for help. Uh, time passes and the librarian returns with the only book uh, that they seem to have that has any mention of uh, that is in their, their giant card catalog uh, uh, under Vermelon. Um, and it is a book entitled A Deep and Creeping Darkness. That's probably just a coincidence. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> That's the title of the adventures, listeners. <laughs> what? Uh, so, uh, A Deep and Creeping Darkness. Uh, Nis, are you going to take the lead on the uh, the research? Sure. All right. Uh, you uh, read through this. It's not a very big book. Uh, it's bound in a black leather uh, with the words Deep and Creeping Darkness embossed on the thin spine. Uh, pretty mint condition. Doesn't seem like perhaps anyone has... Uh, ever read this since it was donated to uh, uh, Candlekeep, so it's you know the 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 spine is still kind of kind of crunchy and uh, has not been broken in. Um, the work is neat though, um, not flawless. Uh, there's some notable spelling errors and gram- grammatical uh, glitches, and there's even a couple places where the ink is smeared. It's got a little bit of that. Um, you know, some care was put into this, but clearly uh, self-published. Uh, and it is kind of strange as a text. Uh, it's kind of like a, a an anthology of stories. And it's not clear. There's really no introduction. Like, is this fiction? Is this history? Is this prophecy? Um, but it's kind of these series of firsthand accounts um, of different residents who lived in the town of Vermelon. Uh, some of it matches up with... Uh, uh, things you've already heard from Polly uh, in terms of Vermelon is a mining town uh, up in the mountains um, that their kind of main um, uh, economic industry was a platinum mine where many of the villagers worked and the other villagers basically in support areas uh, related to supporting the miners. Uh, and there's various stories of tragedy. It seems like at some point in Vermelon's history, uh, there was a uh, a mining disaster and lots of people, lots of miners uh, died. Um, and some miners uh, eventually were, were trapped in the mine for, for an extended period of time and then came out and were kind of unwell uh, from that. And this was seen as kind of a, according to some of the firsthand accounts, a, a sign that the, uh, that the town of Vermelon was cursed. Uh, and the stories continue from there that uh, people from Vermelon would just go missing. Like people would disappear uh, randomly in the middle of the day, at night, and the people of Vermelon were, were started to believe that they were cursed. And some people uh, were trying to figure out what the source of the curse was and solve it, and other people basically just packed up and left, uh, believing that Vermelon uh, was, was cursed or haunted or otherwise... Uh, not a great place to live. Um, so these are all basically kind of firsthand accounts. Seems like someone has collected them into a book uh, from various uh, people that the author describes as survivors of Vermelon. Uh, at the very end of the book, uh, there's kind of a uh, handmade map uh, showing where Vermelon, a town that Nis you've never heard of, is relative to another town uh, called Marin, M-A-E-R-I-N. Um, M-A-E-R-I-N. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, which is a town that you've heard of. Uh, and it makes it clear that Vermelon is like way up in the mountains. Marin is kind of at the, uh, like in the foothills. Marin County? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nis is California a, people are loving it. I they are killing. <laughs> we're killing it. Uh, Nis Nis uh, imparts this to the to the rest of the mm-hmm. group and and also says, "It I, if I if I may be so bold, it's your standard haunted mine story." Mm. Ah yes, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. The old haunted mine. So that should be easy you, enough. If if so, if, yeah, if your if your if your risk calculation is based on a normal mine, recalibrate. This is probably some sort of haunted mine. <laughs> so uh, we could probably take on this like haunted mine trope, right? Yeah, this sounds great. Mm-hmm. All right, foresee no problems. All it, right, it um, would seem to be it, the usual sort of problems. Yes. Are there uh, any spells that we want to mm, get ready uh, or maybe learn here? Can we do that? Like get a book and learn some anti-haunting spells? Uh, well, you've got a paladin who might have some divine spells. Uh, you don't have a cleric, to my knowledge. I just want to make sure we're ready. I do have several spells that would work, but I have to tell you, Polly, my fear is that those spells would also work on your little f- friend. Oh, oh, oh. Like he'd be affected when you do the yeah, spell? It is... uh, might hurt little Antony? It oh, may no. very well hurt little Antony. Can we uh, get him like a protection spell? Because he's very useful in the field, I gotta say. Uh, I uh, There are a few options here. I could avoid casting any of the more well, helpful spells that would incidentally include little Antony, as you call him. Antony. Or Ant- Antony. Antony. You got it. You're close. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Mary or Mary or Mary. Or perhaps you could rent him a little library room and he could stay behind instead of joining <laughs> us on this adventure. I'm Just getting some, the sense that you are picturing a, a, one of those little free libraries. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's with a demon in it. No. <laughs> I'm uh, getting the sense that you're not too keen on my uh, little friend here. I'm afraid to tell you that you're Lil friend is indeed a demon, and oh, I know. Oh, he's been called worse. (laughs) Go ahead, please. So, um, what if he like turned into a bat and flew away when you did a spell? He could do that, right? That would work for me. Okay, we got an agreement. You, you, uh, you agree, Lil (laughs) Antony? Okay, Micah thinks that's cute, but Lone Walker got chills. That's all. Everything. That's (laughs) are the answer. Bats are the answer. Bats, 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 bats. <laughs> so when he turns into a bat and flies away, do you have to say goodbye to your little friend? or? Oh, he'll come back. Okay. Then you could say hello to your little friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were setting something up, but I just was I not know. there yet. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I was thinking like bats and I'm saying hello. I'm just here hello. to amuse myself. Say hello it's to my fine. little friend. All right. Well, you have done some research. You have learned some things. You have a contract. No one has asked Polly for a front on the money. Um, so Shut just... up. Polly Shut seems up. trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally trustworthy. <laughs> Do I need to break your legs, Big just... Tony? Mm. <laughs> Noting I have uh, uh, really great deception and persuasion skills, not so great insight. Yeah. Are there other things that you would like to accomplish in Candlekeep before you hit the road? Uh, I think probably any of you who's traveled around uh, would know that um, 
uh, Marin is uh, probably it's it's several days travel. You might be able to get uh, hitch a ride with a caravan or uh, to part of the way just to make your trip there uh, a little bit faster. But it's kind of it's uh, a substantial major uh, village, almost small city. Uh, it's kind of the last major uh, settlement, kind of uh, on the frontier. It's on the uh, at the foot of a mountain range um, that. Uh, it, it, and the town sits at kind of a major crossroads. Um, uh, so getting to Marin wouldn't be too hard. And then the map indicates that it would be basically uh, probably not a well-traveled path up through the mountains uh, to uh, Vermelon. Um, but anything you wish to do in Candlekeep before you head out to Marin. Are there wanna... stores of, of any kind? Uh, Candlekeep has uh, a, a small store that sells adventuring outfitters gear. Uh, and uh, Marin is the kind of place that you would be able to buy whatever you needed as well. So you're not yet in the wilderness, um, if that is your concern. Okay, cool. Then I'll wait. Okay. Um, I'm going to get a copy of this book made at the house at the bindery. Excellent. And uh, we'll say that you probably basically... Uh, you know, I think I think Polly, you might just need to mention. You might just kind of whisper under your breath, "Shemshim," and they're like, "Okay, no charge." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my so, super word. Now. <laughs> I think you, you're, I think you, you've got a couple weeks of uh, VIP treatment. What from the whole being locked alive in a cellar for, you know, because yeah. but you know, I like how you did not blink at a uh, a new thing that might be cursed, uh, because that last curse is just, just totally in your rear view window. Um, I'm actually still so, singing the song. Mirror. So, yeah. I like that. Like, Shemshine. Mm-hmm. Got me. And that Shemshine is the code word in uh, Candlekeep for it, no charge. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So, anything else other characters, adventures wish to do before you head to Marin? All right. So, now I have a copy of this book you have with a copy us of the book. in case we need to, like, refer to anything, right? Absolutely. And it's, like, and a, we'll... an exact copy? Mm-hmm. It's what? Uh, it's an exact copy in case. There's yeah, I think it's probably basically anywhere. kind of like the Dungeons and Dragons photocopy version. So the binding is kind of not as fancy. Yeah, and, this is, and, whatnot, and that question is brought to you by goes. mistrust for the DM. Yeah. I don't trust Big Tony. This book had been a monster. The, the copy of it would not be a monster. It's just a copy of the text in the book. So I Perfect. also did one of those too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so you've got that. And, you know, Nis, you spent a bunch of time studying it. There might be other details that you, you know, that I didn't include in my summary that you could ask me about. And I would tell you uh, whether that was a thing in the book or not. Okay. So you head to the town of Marin. Uh, it's a nice little town, uh, kind of on the frontier. Uh, it sits at a crossroads. It's got lots of little shops and, and, and homes. It's got a little place where people fish. Um and it's a, you know, it's it's just a lovely little bustling community on the town. And the most important thing is nothing bad happened to you on the road on the way. To- Thank you. I know I was I was a little bit worried, mm-hmm. but that's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very happy. So you've made your way to Marin. It's certainly it's you know it's an actual settlement, unlike you know Candlekeep, which was a library. It's certainly uh, a couple steps up from White Sparrow. For those of you who from uh, White Sparrow, there's shops, there's multiple taverns. Uh, there's an open art market in the center of town where people are hawking all manner of wares. Um, and certainly this would be kind of your last place to talk to humans or other sentient creatures or stock up on supplies uh, before you head up into the wilderness, into the mountain paths in search of Vermelon. Anything you want to do here in Marin. The map is not to scale with your tokens. 
Um, okay, so are there any hills, first of all? The hills are north. Okay, good. That's good. Um, I hope are they're they not alive? very tall. Uh, can I visit uh, a shop and just see kind of what we're working with? Yeah, Vermelon, or sorry, not Vermelon, Marin is a pretty sizable settlement. So if there is anything, you know, in your player's handbook that you wanted to buy, I imagine that it would be available for here. You know, there's there's a blacksmith shop, there's tanneries, there's uh, all kinds of places that sell stuff. And this is clearly a place, in addition to uh, kind of permanent shops, this is also a place that clearly various merchants pass through set up their 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 wagon for a couple days and then head onward. So there's um there's all kinds of things uh available for sell or trade here. Um, okay. If you're so inclined. Let me We might want to uh equip ourselves with some like mining gear so we can like, like, go in the lamps. mine. Yeah. Little candles, candles, candle lamps. Yeah. Candle lamps. Too bad you just left the place where we keep the candles. Mm. Uh, yeah. Rats. Uh, <laughs> I I thought it was just books. Nis <laughs> is interested in going to a local uh you know tavern place where people know stuff and seeing if there are any stories recent stories about Vermelon. Uh okay, where would you like to what kind of place would you like to go to? Uh kind of tavern where there's where people know stuff. All right. Uh the one of the major uh taverns in uh in uh marin dan i did not make this up this is in the adventure as written uh is the board weasel um <laughs> so uh oh, it's boy it's, they're gonna have some lawyer notes sent to them mm, from um it's a mid-range tavernness uh board weasel it's got a nice dining area looks like it could seat about i, I just assume that I'm sorry uh, uh, that Nis is like always kind of evaluating things from a small business point of view. You're like, mm, yes, this could sit 40 people. Um, is, you it, know. is it larger or smaller than the cafeteria at the sorcery school? That's I would say it's thing. larger. Yeah, it's larger than the cafeteria at your uh, sorcery school. Uh, there are bedrooms uh, up above. Um, you know, you, we'll say you've arrived kind of just after the lunch rush, but there's still a variety of people kind of lingering around. Uh, there's a large sign over the bar uh, with uh, where somebody has chalked up that the uh, special is the salty fish surprise. The surprise is hey, the uh, no what's, fish. What's the surprise? Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, unknown. I mean, I don't think uh, they, I don't. I don't tell you that. But, so uh, uh, there's a variety this, of people this... who seem to be enjoying their bowls of uh, stew and other uh, things sitting at the various tables. Uh, Nis is going to go up to the bar and see if mm-hmm. she can ask the, a bartender if uh, they've heard any interesting stories or rumblings lately about the town of Vermelon. All right. Uh, there is a, a rather old man uh, who's at the bar who seems to be probably the uh, proprietor. You know, an elderly man. He he introduces himself to you, Nis. He says, uh, yep, my, my name's uh, Lucas. Welcome to my uh, tavern. Uh, Vermelon. That is uh, not a name we hear a lot uh, in these parts. Is that because it's uh, small and irrelevant, or because uh, every because there's something terrible about it? Well, depending on who you ask, I think some folks would say both. <laughs> what would you say? Uh, well, my time in Vermelon was not the best. Used to be a miner there back when I was a young man. Uh, lost my wife in the disaster. Uh, pretty soon after, packed up, came down here to uh. Marin found my way around, ended up in a different line of work, as you can see. He gestures around the tavern. 
I'm very sorry about your wife and, and the disaster. Could you tell me something about what happened? Uh, some kind of cave-in. Lots of people died. Some people got trapped in. Uh, I myself, it, it was I was under there, I don't know, felt like three days before they dug me out. Did you see any sign of anything supernatural? No. Uh, I've heard the stories, though. Those were all after I left. I didn't... Didn't hang around too long after after Lorna uh, passed, uh, but I, I heard some some strange things happen in Vermelon afterwards, and people disappearing, and just one day they'd be there, and the next day they weren't, and not like they packed up and left like I did. They just weren't there anymore. Would any other than the disappearances? Were there other strange things that happened while you were there? Can't say that there was. Were people disappearing from the town or from the mine? From the town, that's what they say. Mm, with no trace of where they had gone. That's what they say. Is that why there's no? Is there is there no one left in Vermelon now? Have they all gone? Oh, it's it's been empty for must be fifty years. Does anybody pass through from time to time and report on it, or is does no one go there? No one goes there, friend. Sorry to say. Well, not that sorry. Well, have may- you uh have you heard of Runeforge? Uh mining company? Yup. Uh rings a bell. Don't don't know if I've met any of them personally. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. We 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 may be going to Vermelon to investigate. Oh. Do you have any advice for us? Uh well, uh my first piece of advice would be uh to not go. Don't. Yes. yes. Uh, I guess my second piece would be, would you mind doing me a favor? It, very interesting, perhaps. What uh, What is your favor? Well, if you make it there, uh, perhaps you wouldn't mind leaving some flowers on my wife's grave. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, we can do that for you. We got uh, you. Well, and, you know, I, I and perhaps if I could impose on you just even a little bit more. Uh, my, my, my wife, there was a, a necklace and, you know, I, I left it behind in vermelon it's something i've always regretted where did you leave it i hid it in a in a hollow of the big tree in the center of town i will attempt to retrieve it for you i you don't don't put yourself in any danger to do that but i i would appreciate it if you're gonna go up that way well i just you know meals on me if you make it back do you have particular flowers you would like us to leave maybe to provide us that well we take you know it's funny you should mention that the, the you know, I'm I'm basically there's only one other person here in, in Marin who uh who's who's been to Vermelon. Uh there's a there's a florist over in the market. Uh associate uh Astrovorn. She was a she was a kid. Um but you know, maybe maybe you could uh do some business with her, maybe she would have some information for you. Perfect. And uh what were what was your wife's favorite flowers? Just uh now? Tony doesn't know the names of enough flowers. Lilies. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Those are actually flowers. Well done, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. Boy, that was close. Very close to saying uh, oranges. Yeah. <laughs> I also I realized the voice was starting to uh, head into dwarf voice. Uh, you know, what will my uh, expansive set of four different Dungeons and Dragons voices? <laughs> Bartenders Collect need a lot four. of people. <laughs> Uh, any other questions, uh, Nis or others clustered around Nis, uh, for <laughs> Lucas, uh, owner of the Board Weasel Tavern? 
Uh, yeah, I have a question. Um, so you were a miner. What, uh, what do you suggest we pick up to, like, prepare ourselves for this mine? You've been in there before. Is there, like, um, I don't know, something we need to think about that we haven't thought about? You're gonna go down into the mine? Yeah, we gotta check it out. That's our job. There's plenty of supplies, no doubt, left over. I mean, as far as I can tell, the mining operation ended after the cave-in. Uh, just make sure you got plenty of light sources. You, you do. Good. All right. <laughs> In addition to any of you who might have the ability to cast light, uh, all of you have, you know, we'll, we'll say double the normal amount of, uh, are they called sunrods? Am I making that up? Um, is that what Never heard of sunrods. That is a thing. Yeah. That is a thing. They're, they're basically- glow, glow sticks. Yeah, they're magic D&D glow sticks. sticks. Okay. They're ma- magic torches. Cool. You have plenty of them. I feel the need for f- a florist. All right. <laughs> ah, the classic line from Top Gun. <laughs> flowers Let's head All right. to the flower shop you head uh to uh the marketplace uh the central market of Marin. uh you ask around and you find uh uh eventually the elderly uh florist uh that you were referred to um astravorn is a uh somewhat older um uh, uh half elf um, red hair, uh, though it's starting to go white in places, kind of cloudy eyes, and they run a little flower stall in the market selling, uh, uh, a variety of flowers. There's no one at this flower stall currently. Uh, Astrovorn is just kind of standing there by herself looking, frankly, a little bit lonely. Who will talk to Astrovorn? Hello, friend, flower seller. Wow, what lovely wares you have on display today. Oh, thank you. You're... Ever so kind. We are perhaps in uh, in search of some. Do you perchance sell lilies? Oh, I I think we have some. Excellent choice. You you have a good eye. Uh, Astra starts kind of moving through the flowers and finds a grouping of white lilies. We are uh, setting out on a trip, you see, uh, and bringing some flowers for uh, our our new acquaintance over at the it was the tavern, right? Uh, Luke. Uh, Lucas, Lucas, yes, uh, and uh, he also mentioned that perhaps you had some familiarity with the town of Vermelon. Well, it was some time back, but uh, yeah, I uh, I was a child in Vermelon. I grew up there. Ah, fascinating. Is there? Uh, well, we are we are uh, heading up there. We'd heard some strange tales of things that had happened in that city. I wondered if perhaps you could shed some light on them. Well, you. No doubt heard about the mining disaster, right? Indeed, yeah, indeed, most tragic. My um, my mother and I, we left Vermelon after that. My mother, she had the most terrible of nightmares. I, I, I think she said other people in Vermelon had them too. That she said, well, she spared me the details, but disturbing imagery, and she thought the town was cursed. Hmm. Does the name Shemshine mean anything to you? <laughs> no. Does it okay, mean good. something to you, okay, sir? Oh, very much. Yes, thank you. Oh, <laughs> I'm very interested. Tell me more about this oh, no. chime. Oh, no, no, okay. you don't Perhaps need to know. another time. Uh, d- definitely not. A shem time from now. Shem chime time. Sometime. Kueris is interested in this shem It's a very rhythmic name. Sounds like it would fit stop. in a song. Stop. Quite I'm going to stop you right there. No. Yeah. <laughs> stop. No. <laughs> Later, we'll discuss this later. Long time. Sticks in your head. Um, 
Well, th- well, far be it for me to tell a stranger what they should or shouldn't do, but do be careful if you go to Vermelon. There's, I don't know, I've always thought there was a reason no one ever went back to that place. So it seems that uh, we've heard rumors that perhaps the, the mines themselves still have some lingering effects after the disaster. Do they, do you remember anything about what caused it or what the effects were? We heard stories of people vanishing. I have heard those stories too. I don't remember the details. I was ever so young. I mean, there was some kind of cave-in. I think that kind of thing happens, but it was horrible. So many miners died, you know, a, a huge part of the town. And the people that came out were so, the ones that survived, so shaken by it. And But then everyone, I don't know, people, so much whispering and the grown-ups were, everyone was afraid. So uh, these nightmares and uh, all the bad stuff happened after the cave-in? Yes, after the cave-in. There we go. <laughs> Polly's diagnosed the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cave-in? Nightmares. It's A and B. It's, uh... <laughs> I put two and two together, and I get the answer. Some Which say they dug too deep, but I think that's just minor talk. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds like a song. <laughs> Typical haunted mine. They dug too deep. It's always I really there. had to resist the urge to, de- to describe this as a minor disaster. Okay, <laughs> oh <my laughs> been, this was a major since. minor disaster. <laughs> uh, Tony, does Nis recall from reading the book anything about the nightmares, the post mine cave in nightmares with disturbing um, imagery? Let's see. Your the stories that you had focused that on just that people were disappearing and people were terrified by that there were i mean people were in fear uh there were story there's at least one story of like you know a family that was all sleeping huddled together in a room to avoid like ever being alone and people were afraid to walk around during rock walk around vermelon alone even in broad daylight um so not specifically nightmares but definitely you know people were certainly living with a great deal of fear in general Okay. And What's the, the name of the disappear- author of this book? Sorry. Sorry. The disappearances only happened to individuals, so nobody ever witnessed somebody disappearing. Correct. And there was only one person at a time. Yeah, but they were very, it sounded like very abrupt. Okay. Like someone would be there and then they'd be gone, you know, the next moment, basically. And do the we know next- the author of this book? Uh, there is, the author is not named of the book. Are there any names in the book? Uh, there are names of the various uh, people in uh, uh, Vermelon. Um, it seems like the author may have had to kind of travel uh, all over to find various uh, survivors of Vermelon, because uh, it does indicate that he's kind of the author is talking to people after they have left Vermelon. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I imagine that there are they they are named though the adventure itself does not name them uh it, and none of them happen to be say uh lucas or astrovorn so there i would imagine there's a mix of um you know there's some some of the miners who were who left uh the uh, uh who, who survived the mining uh disaster as well as other townspeople um uh, who, who lived and worked in vermelon any other questions for astrovorn or things that you want to do um before you leave uh Marind and head up the hills into the mountains searching for for Melon. I think we can go if everybody feels Yeah, I think ready. Mm-hmm. Do we officially ready. buy the flowers? 
Yes, you officially buy yeah. the lilies. Sure. You don't just steal them, presumably. <laughs> Knock out an old woman and steal the flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Adventurers. <laughs> All right, you head uh, north from uh, uh, Marin uh, into the mountains, headed toward uh, where the kind of hand-drawn map suggests uh, Vermelon would be. There's really no road. There's little kind of footpaths that zigzag up the mountains uh up up the rocky crags and it does not seem like they are like they're certainly not maintained and they're certainly not even well traveled uh in terms of it doesn't look like uh, anyone has kind of been this way in quite some time um so it's a little you know it's you're it's slow going heading up uh the the uh the mountains uh it's relatively quiet there's not a lot of signs of um uh you know wildlife Certainly, you haven't seen anyone once you get a couple hours away from uh, Marin. Um, uh, so it's it, it does not seem like people head up into the mountains much around here. As we are uh, going, Cuerus will be uh, playing Singing a song. Sp- an inspiring song to mm-hmm. everyone. And uh, as a result, everybody within 30 feet who can hear and see me uh, gains temporary hit points. Sweet. Nice. Feel free to arrange yourselves on the path. I don't know, for example, if you want Lone Walker in front or Hermione bringing up the rear or something like that, since you've got some tough people and some slightly less tough people. Uh, Perhaps uh, triggered by the sound of Kueris' song. uh, Take seven temporary hit points. How many? How many? How many? Seven. 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 Uh, Or perhaps it was uh, going to happen to you anyway. Uh, You hear kind of a weird clicking noise. Uh, and uh, several large insect-like creatures come kind of climbing out of the rocks, scuttling in your direction. Do these giant centipedes intend to befriend (laughs) you, or uh, are they just here to offer criticism of music? Will our adventurers ever (laughs) reach the town of Vermelon alive, or will they die here murdered by bugs for answers to questions such as these tune in next time to total party kill <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>